0: Hey, I'm Debbie, and thanks for checking out this message today. We're glad you're here, and we would love to get connected with you and your family. One easy way you can do that is to text River Connect to 97000. You can also visit our website at theriverchurch.cc to learn more about us and some upcoming events. Lastly, if you would like to give to the River Church today, you can text the amount you want to give to 84321, or you can head to our website and click the Give tab at the top of the page. Thanks again for joining us, and we hope you enjoy today's message. So, if there's one topic I would say, like, hey, I, I, I want to talk about, uh, one topic that I know, one topic that I understand um, would be forgiveness, and I'll actually go on the opposite side. It's not that I know forgiveness, it's actually I know the opposite of forgiveness. I, I know what unforgiveness is. I've lived in a way where, where my heart thrived in unforgiveness. And I, I texted Kathy this week after I kind of like wrote this whole message down and I got my notes, and spent some time with Jesus, but I was like, I preach best when I preach wounded. And I think one of the things that we, we got to kind of get to in life, and this is uh, across the board as we walk with Jesus, like again, in our weakness, his strength is perfected. And I think so often we walk around life being like, I got it together, I'm doing good. But we never actually talk about the wounds. Now again, we, we necessarily shouldn't necessarily like focus on the wounds because we know that the wounds can be healed by Jesus and we really should focus on Jesus. But this idea is like, I, I got through this and I was like, I, I preach best when I preach wounded because I know how much I need Jesus in this conversation. So I'll go first, put myself on the line. Uh, I have been wounded, I have been hurt, I have been forgotten, I have been abandoned, I've been lashed at, I've been verbally abused, I've been manipulated, I've been taken advantage of, and I've been violated. That's me. I don't know which verb or adjective caught you, but I'll go first because it doesn't do me anything good as a leader to say, hey, you you spill your guts and then I'll listen to you. Uh, I'll go first because, again, I've been hurt, I've been wounded. But with those things, this hurt has manifested Into something in my heart, it's manifested into bitterness, and that bitterness manifests into a hard heart. And again, if you ever see why do I have Ezekiel thirty six tattooed on my arm, is because praise be to God that God gives us a heart of flesh, and He takes away from us that heart of stone. But I've lived here; I know this; I understand this. And again, when bitterness manifests into a hard heart, this is where isolation happens. This is where an untrusting nature of yourself happens. This is where cynicism happens. This is where solidarity happens. This is where guardedness happens. And maybe that's just me. But I don't think that's the case. Because I wish it was nobody else but me and this was my only crux. But I don't think that's the case. I think when we talk about somebody who is hurt, wounded the reality is we live in a fallen world we live in a broken world sin sometimes gets the best of us and sometimes sin gets the best of somebody else where we are the victim we are the one who hurts that happens but the one thing that i wish i knew then though of what i knew now because i wish i could go back I, again time machine i'll get a delorean i'll get some uh, again some some plutonium, and I'll find a doctor who can get me in a really sweet car, and I can go X a certain amount of gigawatts, and I can go back in time, and I, can, I wish I could look at myself and tell myself how much unforgiveness can destroy any and every relationship that exists. I told you we're not going to be easy today. I told you that we're, this is a hard hat moment. But if you're here, can you relate to this? Can you look at, you know what, like I, I can see how unforgiveness over here has impacted my relationship over here. But can you relate to this? Can you think about that person who hurt you? Can you think about that person who wounded you? Can you think about that person who forgot you, abandoned you? Who was it who lashed out at you? Who's who said those words to you, even in that flippant comment that, that, that left a scar that you don't understand why that's there? Who's manipulated you? Who's taken advantage of you? I don't want to be very, very sensitive to this, but there's a reality here who's violated you. And there's some gross atrocities that happen to men, women, and children in the world. That sometimes we just sweep it under the rug. We never actually talk about it. Because heavens forbid we actually bring up our wounds, our hurts, what happened to us when we were a kid. So while I was looking at this, and I was reading this. Uh, I set up those runners because we had snow earlier this week. And I realized unforgiveness is like trying to vacuum a carpet. And Have you ever vacuumed a carpet and where there's like the random piece of lint or the stick or whatever? And like you can't seem to like vacuum it up. And like you got your super straight lines going. Then you got to start going at different angles. And you're like, I can't get this one thing off the carpet. That, that was me vacuuming those runners because every winter we... Pick up the runners and the spring, we put them away, and we put them in the shed. So all the dirt and all the dander and all the grass just got there. And I was vacuuming that carpet for at least 15 to 20 minutes on one spot. Just pick up the thing. Just wouldn't work. But I think for us, like so many times, we know we have these hurts. We know we have these scars. And we try to go about solving them in every way possible. Except for forgiveness. I'm going to create boundaries. I'm going to have that clear communication. I'm not going to talk to the person. I'm going to forget about it. I'm going to do all these things. But all we're doing is just vacuuming and trying to pick it up. For me today, if you know for a fact that you have hurt scars, wounds, whatever it may be. If somebody has hurt you and you've gone through everything. And you just can't figure out how to get that piece of lint up in your life. Maybe we need to try forgiveness. Because the reality is forgiveness isn't easy. Forgiveness isn't easy. And Jesus in Matthew chapter 5 verse 43, uh, one of the Bible verses that kind of hit me this week, uh, starting in 43, Jesus says, and you have heard it said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. That's a good verse. Then he says, but I say to you, love your enemy and pray for those who persecute you. This is one of those moments where you're like, dang, Jesus, why couldn't you stop at verse 30? Or 43. Why why couldn't you just stop at this idea? You shall love your neighbor and you shall hate your enemy. That's easy. Love those who love you. Hate those that hate you. Man, you heard that this was said? Man, that's easy. Now that person's caring and encouraging They're loving. They give me gifts. They'll watch my kids. Oh, I love them. Yeah, the guy over there, person who insults me, person who threw a shade at me, person who's hurt me, oh, I can hate them. But this is one of those moments where Jesus doesn't stop at verse 43, because he says verse 44, but I say to you, yeah, you've heard it written, you've heard it written eye for an eye, but I'm telling you, this is Jesus Christ, this is the Messiah, this is the Lord of Lords, the King of Kings, but I'm telling you, but I say to you, you will love your enemies. And you will pray for those who persecute you. You're going to pray for those who hurt you. You're going to love those who hurt you. Man, wouldn't it be easy if Jesus stopped at verse 43? But he doesn't. And while looking at this, I'm looking at this, Jesus puts us to task here. Because this is so countercultural. This is so different. This is so not the natural way that we respond to things. It's easy to have the circle of people in your life who love you, take care of you. But what do we do with those who hurt you? Can you honestly say that you love them? Can you honestly say those who have persecuted, those who have hurt you, can you honestly say pray for them? Because Jesus, because I am saying, but I say to you, ooh, ooh. But while looking at this, how does this get into everything Matthew chapter six? Jesus says you need to pray for them. And when Jesus is modeling prayer. What we just got done talking about. Matthew chapter 6, verse 9. And pray then like this Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. And then right after Jesus is done, this is the middle of the Sermon on the Mount, this is Jesus preaching, he he adds like a footnote here in Matthew chapter uh, 6, he says, And for if you forgive others their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others of their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. Why do we need to talk about unforgiveness? Because unforgiveness... Can destroy any and every relationship that exists. So you guys have heard me say it again, there's kind of like the, the horizontal and the vertical. Unforgiveness can destroy relationships on a horizontal level. That's that's you and me, that's siblings, that's that's husband and wife, that's kids. Unforgiveness can wreck that relationship. But what relationship does it hurt the most? The vertical. Because if we we, we let this reality of unforgiveness can destroy every and any relationship, not only does it hurt the person that we're we're putting in the cell that's hurt us, it hurts our relationship with God. Why is it that sometimes we need to have this conversation? Because the one thing as a pastor I don't want to see, I don't want to see anybody's relationship with God Almighty, the one who loves you more than you, be hurt. And I can admit this reality got the best of me for years. There's still flare-ups. There's still moments. This is why, again, give us this day our daily bread. That's why you don't just do one blanket prayer to Jesus. Jesus, please help me with forgiveness for the rest of my life. No, it might be a daily thing. It might be that daily ordinary need that you need to keep going back to Jesus and saying, please help me with this. But I can say for years, I lived in this. So if you've been hurt, Wounded. Forgotten. Abandoned. Lashed at. Verbally abused. Manipulated. Taken advantage of. Violated. If you're here and you're trying to fix it I said a couple weeks ago have you ever looked in the mirror and asked yourself why are you the way that you are? I truly believe a lot of times unforgiveness is the why that causes us to be who we are. So for us if we're going to look at these scars, we're going to look at these hurts, and we haven't actually taken them to the cross of Christ, if we haven't gone to, hey, Jesus, please, please solve this, please help me. What, what is your way for this? We're going to keep being those people who are trying to vacuum up lint in our life. And we're going at it every which angle when the cross of Jesus Christ that is so scandalous, that is so full of grace, that is so full of healing, that is so full of reconciliation, is right there. And we're just refusing to go to it? Believer, I'm challenging you. The person who knows the grace, who knows the grace of the Lord, I'm pushing you. But if you're here and you're like, Ryan, you don't even know. You're right. I don't. Now, if you want to talk, I'd love to know. I'd love to help navigate through that. But you're right, I don't know. I have no idea the wasp's nest that I poked. I have no idea the scars. I have no idea the trauma. I don't know how much counseling you've had in life. I have no idea. I don't know who said that quick and easy thing and they just kept walking in life and you've held on to that. I have no idea. But like I said in the beginning, let's not let unforgiveness be the direction that we go because that's easy. But if we're here and we want to do the work, how do we navigate through forgiveness? So let's try to navigate through forgiveness. So the first, before we get into the, the how we do's and the, the why to do's, we need to understand, like, what is forgiveness not? And that was the most, like, horribly grammatical sentence I possibly can have. But I think a lot of times we say, well, this is forgiveness, and that's actually not forgiveness. So for me, like, to look at it, time is not forgiveness, well, time heals all wounds. Nope, biblically inaccurate. Jesus heals all wounds. Time is not a factor. Time actually does the opposite. Time actually creates a, a giant grand canyon in the problem because you let 20, 30, 15 years go by, and instead of like addressing the problem now, all that happens when there's unforgiveness is the relationship drifts. Time does not heal all wounds, time actually does the opposite. Unless you're like holding out on the clock, they'll, they'll die eventually. That's that's a good way to deal with stuff. No, time does not heal all wounds. Forgiveness is not time. Forgiveness is not consequence-free. So while there can still be forgiveness, that doesn't mean that there's not a tax to pay. If somebody by chance steals money, I could forgive them, but I'm not going to put them on our security team that moves the offering from one side of the church to the other. But you got to forgive me because Jesus forgive me. You're right. I did forgive you. But wisdom might put a consequence there. Cuz you can't look at a ju- you can't look at a cop and again, traffic violation, traffic violation, traffic violation and be like, "Lord, forgive me." And you're looking at the judge. And he takes away your license. Forgiveness is not consequence free. Yes, you can, you can move forward in relationship. You can view them in the same way that Jesus says. But forgiveness is not consequence-free. Forgiveness is not forget and avoid. I think this happens so often. I swept it under the rug. Dudes, I'm going to call you out hard on this one. It's not just like bury a hard, swallow hard, and be like, I'm good. I compartmentalized it. That's not forgiveness. Forgiveness has to be addressed. Forgiveness has to be talked about. There has to be reconciliation And if you look at the way the reconciliation happens with the Lord, you have to go to somebody and say, I've sinned against you. Even if that person hurts you, you still got to go like, hey, man, that, that hurt. But so often guys hate this one because that entails we actually have to go talk about our feelings. Guys, you know it. I knew it. We can't let the women know this, but man, are we sensitive sometimes. Forgiveness is not forget and avoid. Forgiveness is awesome, not boundaryless. Same as the consequence, free. You can have boundaries in relationships. That's okay. You can have a great relationship with me. If you hurt my kid, I might have a boundary up with you. Am I a bad parent? No. But I'm going to have boundaries. Boundaries are okay. But forgiveness, just because you're, oh, I've forgiven you. Free reign for everything. Here's the key to my house. No, it's it's Okay. You can have boundaries. And this last one, forgiveness is not rewriting history. I think that one of the things that can happen so often is if you hear a story long enough and you hear it phrased long enough, you start changing what actually happened. And the tactic that people use is to like rewrite the narrative. You no, know, this is what it is. This is what it was. This is what it was. And after a while, you're like, am I nuts for thinking that? Forgiveness is not rewriting reality. For me, the idea of it was my fault, it could be, but it could not be. I think sometimes when we start looking at forgiveness, we start rewriting, yeah, it wasn't that bad. I didn't really say it like that. I didn't really show up like that. And what we've done, instead of having reconciliation in a relationship, we, we've rewritten history and how stuff was said so much to, to suit our agenda, to suit our story, to suit our victimhood, that we don't even know the real situation. It's to give a mouse a cookie thing, it just changes and it adds and it adds and it adds and it adds. It's, it's no longer the situation. But for us, we, we have to look at what forgiveness is not. Forgiveness is not time. Forgiveness is not consequence free. Forgiveness is not forget and avoid. Forgiveness is not boundaryless. And forgiveness is not rewriting reality. So, what is the best way that we can describe what forgiveness is? Forgiveness is giving the same forgiveness that God gave us. Ooh, this is where it gets hard because forgiveness is truly again uh, god inspired it's something that we look at and that god is going to kind of direct the path here for us to be able to know what it is if forgiveness is truly given the same forgiveness that god gave us ephesians chapter 4 verse 31 to 32 says let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you along with all malice be kind to one another tender hearted forgiving one another as god in christ forgave you. The metric of success for forgiveness is found in Jesus Christ. Well, what did Jesus do? We jump to Psalm 103, verses 11 through 13. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his steadfast love towards those who fear him. As far as the east from the west, so far does he remove our transgressions. That's a fancy word for sin. He removes our transgressions from us. As a father shows compassion to his children, so the Lord shows compassion to those who fear him. you're like but ryan but that forgiveness is god that forgiveness is jesus i can't hit that mark and you're right we cannot hit the mark of forgiveness that only god has but matthew chapter 6 verse 14 for if you forgive others their trespasses Your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their trespasses, trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. For those who know God, we must be the ones to show that we know God by acting like God Himself. If forgiveness is truly forgiveness, is giving the same forgiveness that God gave to us, guess what? We have to do our best to replicate to respond like, to get to. It's the same forgiveness that God gave us. for some of us, can we just go back to that hate your enemy verse? Because that'd be way easier. Because when you talk about forgiveness, because forgiveness is given the same forgiveness that God gave to us. I think one of the natural things is like, oh, we start looking at it. We start analyzing it. We start breaking it down. But the inescapable reality that I, I, I kind of got drawn to this week is, is us. If we're going to look at forgiveness, who has hurt it? Or if we're going to look at forgiveness and look at somebody who has hurt us, the inescapable reality that we have to get to is forgiveness isn't fair. Forgiveness isn't fair, and I'm sorry to say that, but that's the truth. We went to Target the other day and. Went to Hobby Lobby real quick and Kez grabbed a Pokemon stuffy. Jed grabbed a Pokemon stuffy, but go, lo and behold, there are no stuffies for Zeke and Ke- or Zeke and Broly. Okay, there's nothing there. We left the store without incident, and I don't know where you're at with kids leaving stores. Mine don't do well because then we went to Target. And we were walking around Target, and guess what? There are no Pokemon stuffies there. And Zeke looks at me dead in the eye. He's like, but Dad. It's not fair that Broly and I didn't get anything. And I'm like, <sighs> yep, you're not wrong. Kez got $15 to spend on a stuffy. Jed got $15 to spend on a stuffy. But guess what? The boys did get $15 to buy anything. And in that moment, I'm like, I don't like that my son has such a strong view of justice, but he was right. It was not fair. So I took him over to the Pokemon aisle and I got him some Pokemon cards. And then we got in line and Kathy just looked at me. She's like, why are we getting these? We have like 6,000. I was like, Zeke said the F word to me. He gave me like that look. I was like, he said it's not fair. And she's like, we're getting more Pokemon cards because Zeke said it's not fair. I was like, basically. Because I will not be a father who is not fair. But we live life by this fairness mentality. It's not fair I went through that. It's not fair I have to forgive them. It's not fair I have to change we live by this mentality of it's not fair. And the reality is forgiveness is not fair. And I think this is like the biggest stumbling block for people. Because they look at it, but they hurt me. Why do I have to change my hatred? Why do I have to change my bitter? Why can't I just hold them in a box and keep them there? Why do I have to forgive them? Because the reality is forgiveness is not fair. And to look at a person who has been hurt, wounded, forgotten, abandoned, lashed at, verbally abused, manipulated, taken advantage of, violated. And to look at them and say, hey, I know that happened to you. I know that person hurt you. I know there's some serious issues that have been impacting you for the last 20 to 30 years. But guess what you got to do? You got to let that transgression go. You got to let that sin go. You need to forgive them. But it's not fair. Fair. It's not fair to say to the person who sinned against you, yeah, I'll forgive you like Christ forgave me. It's not fair to have to let that hurt go. It's not fair to let go of that thing that when you look at yourself in the mirror, who, why am I the way that I am? And you've been holding on to that for so long. It's not fair. But more often than not, this is the hurdle. We only want fair when it benefits us. Zeke didn't care about fair, and I love my son. Zeke just wanted something for himself. If Zeke would have got a stuffy that he liked and he would have got it, he wouldn't have been fighting for Jed and Kaz. But so often, he might have been actually, to be completely honest, but the reality is we only want fair when it benefits us. I want fair when I get I want fair when I get the plus one. I, get, I want a fair when it benefits me in some way. But again, if forgiveness is giving the same forgiveness that God gave us. Romans chapter 5, verse 8. But God shows his love for us that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Show me the fair in that. Show me the fair that God so again God so loved the world that he sent his only begotten son. Perfect Jesus. Sinless Jesus. Never hurt, never sinned against everybody. Always lovingly rebuked, kind-hearted, steadfast. All the things that Jesus was, he went to the cross and died for us sinners. Show me the fairness in the gospel. Because if we got what we deserved, if we got fair, we're all dead we're all on a path that is separated from God for eternity the gospel is not fair and praise God for that because if the gospel was fair there is no grace there is no reward there is no well done my good and faithful servant and as much as we love to say It's always somebody else's fault. We cannot overlook the fact that if we've been hurt and wounded and forgotten and abandoned and lashed at, verbally manipulated and all those things, we have to look at the fact that we've done the same to others. Fairness is, well, you need to forgive me. Fairness, you need to let that go. You need to bring this reconciliation back, and you need to do that. But the fairness for us is we love to ask for forgiveness and we love to tell people, you need to forgive me, you need to forgive me, you need to forgive me. But so often, if we looked at ourselves in the heart and we actually realized, like, you know, we we demand that forgiveness because we want fair. We're also sometimes the slowest people to give it out. So for us, if Christ forgave me and Christ forgives you, and this is, again, assuming that you know who Jesus is. If we truly know the gospel, we truly cling to what forgiveness is. Matthew chapter 6, verse 14, For if you forgive others their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. Lord, forgive me of my debt as I forgive others. Fairness isn't there. For me, if I have been forgiven bountifully, I must forgive bountifully if I've been forgiven of much I must forgive much but that's not fair doesn't matter because for us we have to look at this in the sense that if forgiveness is forgiving in the same way that God forgave us praise God that he didn't hold up the fair card on the cross why is it that you want to forgive? What is forgiveness? It's the gospel. It's replicating the gospel. It's showing the gospel. So here's the point of the sermon where I think we can get to the edge of it and we can be like, yep, yep, yep. And you, you know that situation that's stirring in your heart. And you know that person who's like right here. But I think this is the edge where we got to look at this. Are, are we actually going to kind of do that, that, that final gospel work? Because easy is right here. And Easy's going back. but are we willing to plunge? So real gospel change, if we want to see real gospel change, we want to see real gospel healing, we want to see real gospel closeness with God, we have to come to a place where the gospel is not just receiving forgiveness, it's also delivering forgiveness. You can't just do one. That's not how the gospel works. If we truly have let the gospel of Jesus Christ, the love of our Savior, dwell in our hearts richly, if this is the primary navigating force in our life, it's not a just but, I get, I get, I get. If you truly want to see whether or not the gospel is the primary metric of your life, how well do you forgive others? We could add a whole thing in here. How well do you forgive yourself? But I don't have time to go down that metric. But if we truly, truly look at the gospel of Jesus Christ, if we want gospel change, gospel healing, if we want that closeness with God, are we doing both? And I know that's heavy. And I know that's hard. But we have to look at scripture for scripture. And sin is heavy. And sin is hard. I, I, I've lived here. And for the longest time, when I, when I was navigating through this, I would ask people, like, why in the world do I have to forgive that person when they do it? And then just laundry list of things. Now, you also get the whole thing, love does not hold record of wrongdoing. And why do I have a laundry list of what people have done? That's a whole different thing. That was my issue. That was my sin. But the reality, you know everything that person who hurt you has ever done. You got a list. You're holding that list. And you did that on May 16th that at 4pm. You're like, oh man, that's a detailed list. But we live here. But I, I ask people, like, why do we have to do this? And even looking through Scripture, the, the reason why we have to be so gospel-centric that we are, yes, receiving the love of Christ and we are delivering the forgiveness that is found in the love of Christ. The reason why we want to forgive and the reason why God commands us to go to the central aspect of the relationship with God. The reason God wants you to forgive is because God loves you. So often we, 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 we oh, God, John 3, 16, cool, love, and we start trying to go to like different theological topics. No, the reason why God wants you to forgive is because God loves you that much as his child. And I look at how much I've been through life, I never want my sons to hold any burden that I have held in my life. And I love them so much that I will raise my kids to make sure that they never hold any burden that I have held in my life. But why is it that I never want my kids to walk around with an unforgiving heart? Because I love them too much. And God loves us too much because unforgiveness can destroy any and every relationship that we had. Heard a preacher describe it like angry birds. I know, Great theological thought here. The plot of angry birds is pigs stole the eggs from the birds. And what were the birds' response? To make a giant slingshot and fling ourselves against the walls. What? Unforgiveness is like angry birds because what happens after every single bird hits the wall? Goes away. Unforgiveness only hurts you. It doesn't hurt the other person. Other person's living their life. They don't even know you have that list. At 4 p.m. you said this and at 6 p.m. They don't even know you're keeping the ledger. But the reality is that unforgiveness can destroy and hurt any and every relationship. We're holding on to that stuff, and unforgiveness towards anybody hurts your relationships with your friends, hurts your relationship with your kids, hurts your relationship with your spouse, and ultimately hurts your relationship with God. And if your relationship with the Lord is hurt, everything is hurt. You can't be like, man, I'm not doing good with God, but man, my marriage is doing spectacular. It doesn't work like that. For us, Ephesians chapter 4, verse 31, and let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor, just you know clamor means like loud. If you ever want to know what the best way to look at unforgiveness, it's loud. Unforgiveness is loud. But let anger and clamor and slander be put away from you, along with all malice. Be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, as God in Christ forgave you. Have you ever held on to bitterness, wrath, clamor, anger? How's that work for you? I actually wanted to preach holding the cactus the entire time. I didn't think I could get 40 minutes in. But that's what it's like. It's angry birds. We're holding on to this. Who's it hurting? It's hurting you. Why does God not want you to hold on to that? Because he loves you. He doesn't want you to be hurting. God doesn't want you to hold on to sin. And for me, I, I, I've lived here. I went like almost like 15, 20 years living with this. And when I say I preach preach best when I preach wounded, I don't want anybody to live like that. Because it's not worth it. It's destructive. It hinders you to get to where God wants you. So if we're here and we're holding on to wounds and and being forgotten and abandoned and lashed out and verbally abused, manipulated, taken advantage of, violated, For me, and I don't know if you can hold it, I held on to those so much that I couldn't hold on to God's love and his mercy and his peace and his forgiveness. So why does God want us to forgive? Because he loves us. God doesn't want us to hold on to sin more than we hold on to him. And so often in life, we prize that scar. We value that scar. And we forget about what Jesus can do with those things. Now, can those things be defining moments in your life? Yes, I, I'm not unwriting the past, and I'm not unwriting how much that has that done and destroyed the direction of your life. But it should not control you. The Bible says, again, let the love of Christ control you. So to get applicational, where do we start with this? What do we start to do? Number one, for some of you, professional counseling might be the direction you need to go. I'm an advocate of this. You need help with that? Again, Christian counseling, biblically-centered counseling. I don't know how deep this scar goes, but that could be a start. For some of you, again, more of a super proactive, maybe you'd need to talk to somebody who's like a trusted Christian friend. Notice I say trusted, and I say Christian. Do not get stuck in the echo chamber of the world, where they're just saying, no, 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 it doesn't matter. You need somebody who's going to push you to the gospel. And I say trusted, because this isn't meant to be like, just open it up for everybody. Because again, I don't know what wasp's nest I hit. I don't know what you've experienced. But being able to open up to one or two people who can pray and push you to Jesus, that's huge. But the biggest thing for me, and this is what I talked to a guy about this when I was first going through a lot of stuff with Jesus. I was like, how do you get over unforgiveness? And I dropped my laundry list, man. I I had that scroll and it was like all things like Looney Tunes and just rolled down the hall. I'm like, how do I let that go? And a mentor of mine pushed me to Luke chapter 17. And this is Jesus' words. He says, pay attention to yourselves. If your brother sins, rebuke him. And if he repents, forgive him. And if he sins against you seven times in a day and he turns uh, to you seven times saying, I repent, you must forgive him. So that's like the first part we got to start at. Seven times 70. You always forgive This isn't the numeric, numeric, you don't turn around, 70 times, oh, oh, you hit your max. Nope, this this is meant to be eternity on eternity, complete on complete. But then this is the thing that hit me. This is what my buddy pushed me to years ago. He said, and the apostles said to the Lord, increase our faith. Because you cannot forgive somebody without faith. That was one of the greatest ministry moments I've ever experienced in my entire life. Because I was trying to forgive somebody by my own might. I was trying to forgive somebody with my own strength, my own intellect, my own understanding of psychology. I was trying to do it on my own. So the seven times 70, yeah, I got you. I'm gonna do it on my own strength, my own metric, my own ability. Nah, because when the disciples heard that, They realize to continually forgive somebody and to keep waking up every single day, it doesn't take sheer willpower. And what they say the apostles said to the Lord, increase our faith. You have to have faith to do anything gospel-saturated. We have to understand that forgiveness can destroy any relationship with people. We have to also understand that forgiveness can destroy any relationship with the Lord loves us. And if we're here and we're asking Jesus to give us the faith to trust his ways our best. And when he says things like, you have heard it said that you shall love your neighbor and you shall hate your enemy but I say to you, love your enemy and pray for those who persecute you. How can we get to this loving our enemies, praying for people, moving forward in life, not letting these scars hold us. It takes faith to not go the easy way. It takes faith To not avoid. It takes faith to not hide. It takes faith to not be silent. It takes faith to not live in bitterness. It takes faith to not have an unforgiving heart. The reality, it takes faith to trust that the gospel is right. Matthew chapter 6, verse 14. For if you forgive others their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others, of their trespasses, neither will your father forgive your, your trespasses. So many of us are trying to get through life. You wake up and you got 24 hours and you're doing the best you can. It doesn't help that you got wounds and scars that are again navigating your heart, and again, you you, you never know when, like again, it's just gonna get flicked, it's gonna get poked, you never know when it's gonna get triggered. But for us, when we read these things and we look at forgiveness and we know how much they can destroy everything around us, if we live with an unforgiving heart, if you want to be the person who's vacuuming the same way for the rest of your life and you never can get that speck up, that's easy. That's easy. Living in a way where you're going to see change, where you're going to get to a place where you're knowing and showing the greatness of the gospel takes difficulty. It takes going the different path. But ultimately it takes faith. And faith is believing in things that you don't see. Faith is believing that something's going to get better. Faith isn't just a one and done on this day it's all fixed, no. Faith believes that in one day we're going to stand in front of the Lord and he's going to say, well done my good and faithful servant. Faith was one day that we're going to be able to look at Jesus and say, I love you. Faith in one day is you're going to look at Jesus and say, I've never left you. I've never abandoned you. I've never forsaken you. Faith in Jesus isn't just a, yeah, that's that later on thing. Faith in Jesus is now. So for us, if there's so much darkness and devastation in our world, and I don't know how much darkness and devastation has fallen into your life. It's not easy. I'm not trying to wipe away difficulty. I'm not trying to wipe away the totality of sin. I'm not trying to wipe away disgust. But the thing that I do want to bring us to is the capability that the gospel has to change everything about us. And I don't know what scar you have. I don't know what's going on in your life. But I I, I truly believe that faith in Jesus can totally change you. But we got to start with a couple things. We're living a life where we can't forgive. And again, about, the gospel is about receiving forgiveness and also giving forgiveness. Maybe you're here and you've never actually been forgiven by the Lord. Maybe when, again, you're hearing that Jesus died on a cross, like that, that that's not a personal thing. That's like a historical benchmark. That's an Easter benchmark. If you're here and you don't know the forgiveness that is found in the Lord, today is the day. You're going to find me in the back. You want to come and pray with Mike. You want to respond right now. Again, Gary's sitting in the hall. You want to go pray for something to salvation? Gary's right there. We would love for you to know Jesus. Why? Because knowing Jesus' love brings you to a place where you understand forgiveness and you understand he's everything you want to put your hope, your passion, and your faith in. So if you're here today and you're struggling, like, "I, I, I don't get this all the time. If you don't know the gospel at all, today's the day. But if you're here and you're like, but I do know. But man, do I struggle. Welcome to the team. This is why we call it church. Because we all struggle at times. Nobody's got this down. The only one who can forgive perfectly is the person who's perfect. And the only person who's perfect who's ever walked this earth has been Jesus. But for you, believer, if you can say you know his grace, you know his love, you know how much he's forgiven you. Pray today is the day that you push into having the faith to believe him. To walk out what he tells us to do. To walk out his commands. To actually go to the Lord and be like, I'm going to forgive. I'm not going to choose what's easy. And Lord, I know it's not easy and I need you to lift everything, Lord. But I need you to help me walk this out. Because it pains me to believe in looking at people's eyes. I think there's something in your life. I don't know what it is the Lord does. So as we leave here today, let's be people of forgiveness. Let's be people who understand that great forgiveness that God gave us, and let's be people of faith, because we know that our Lord is that good.